You are now listening to a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have TJ. And this is Jaren. And this week we are talking about the third law. Conceal your intentions. And let's get straight to it. So in the book, Robert Greene came out and said, you need to keep people off balance and in the dark by never revealing the purpose behind your actions. If they have no clue what you're up to, they cannot prepare a defense. That sounds very, very offensive. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. It's it. It reminds me a lot of like uh, kind of like sports, um, and the tactics that you would use in sports. So, like in football, you may um, keep showing that you're gonna run the ball, run the ball, run left, run right. Right. And this is all just a setup that play action pass you know the the fake run and then you pass the ball down the field right it's that unpredictability where it's it's sort of it's sort of unpredictability you give the false sense of being predictable like i'm going to run run pass run run pass run run pass and then when you do that run run pass they expect another run and you just throw a bomb touchdown you know exactly exactly there's a level of unpredictability there. And I feel like throughout this whole law, he really talked about being unpredictable and not telling people what your thoughts are and what you want to do. Because, I mean, whether it's the olden days or whether it's today or whether it's the future, people naturally just hate. People like to hate. People like to stop whatever your plan is or try to intercept your plan or try to uh, put their spin on your plan or they try to take whatever your plan is because they feel like it fits better for them. So concealing your attentions doesn't allow people to prepare a defense for whatever you're trying to do. Right. And And I I think that was that was the main basis behind this whole law. Yeah, and I can see how doing something like giving somebody the false sense of comfort or, you know, or even getting them um, uncomfortable even kind of as I think, you know, in this in this chapter, he kind of mentioned a couple of times about how, you know, you might go left, you might go right, you might go up and you might go down. And they're just thinking, like, what is this person going to do next? And so they're so confused. And then by then you get to make your power play. Um, and I don't think you really even, was he mentioned about, he talked about somebody who finally showed their intentions and it backfired, right? It was a guy who was trying to court this, uh, lady and he was going to these parties and he was like, uh, he was like bringing other chicks to the parties (laughs) and, (laughs) and, uh, he was just like popping up at parties he normally wouldn't come to. And so the, the, um, the 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 female he was trying to court you know she was really kind of starting to dig him he was intriguing you know he wasn't predictable 
And then one day he finally got with her just one on one. He got comfortable. (laughs) And he's like, okay, I'm about to go ahead and shoot my shot. And he told her he loved her and how he wanted to get with her. And that completely killed everything. (laughs) Completely turned off. Just killed it. Right. She was completely turned (laughs) off. So, what the book was explaining was this this woman that he was attempting to seduce was intrigued by the game of it all being led by this person and not knowing where he was going to go he kind of left the uh the feeling ambiguous where she didn't know if he really was digging her or not she didn't know if they were going to you know have a thing or not because he would show up to these places and then when she expected him to be somewhere he wasn't there Right. And he was sure with other women, and then he'll act indifferent to her. Right, exactly, exactly. So he totally led her, and then dropped her, and then led her, and then dropped her. And the in the book just talked about how people love to be seduced, and they love to be, uh, they love the game of not knowing, men and women. And right. it's, it's not just about women. They right. were saying men and women. Love that same game. Well, that, women, that, women definitely do that to guys all the time, right? Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's what the whole like guys always feeling like they're being led on or whatever. Yep. Like women definitely do that. Um, they'll they'll kind of seem like they're digging you. They might laugh at your jokes. They might, <laughs> you know, slap you in the leg. And right. All this you, time, you you taking that for a sign, like oh. It's about to go down. Like, she's digging me, you know. And you're like, I think my coworker's about to let me hit. But then, right. <laughs> and then you finally shoot your shot. And you tell her, hey, you want to uh, hook up later on? And then she's like, uh, no, I got a boyfriend. No, I'm good. She's <laughs> like, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, thank you. So Robert Green was also talking about not to give people a chance to Uh, have a sense of what you're up to so he was saying use the trickery of false sincerity and ambiguous signals Uh, but be careful because if you're too sincere then it starts to look like an act so you can't go overboard and you know what this made me think about this made me think about have you ever played a game with somebody a video game or something and you knew you were better than them so you you started letting them win and then you get to the point where you, you're just acting. I was like, oh, my gosh, you, you were so good. That was a great move you just did. There was nothing I could do to stop that one. <laughs> and then <laughs> you just keep putting on and putting on, and then it turns into an act. And then they, then they look at you like, hey, man, are you letting me win? Don't let me win right now because <clears throat> you're making this a little too easy. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like when... Uh... Like on, like on Fresh Prince, there was this episode where uh, Will got got hustled at this. Um, pool oh, at hall. the pool hall. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Uncle and Uncle <clears throat> Phil came in and he acted like he didn't know how to hold the pool, the pool cue and he was just like, "What is this ball and what do I do with this?" And like they hustled him. I mean, that's just that's how that hustle goes. And he pulled out Lucille. He was like, Jeffrey, right. give me Lucille. Right. Go go get Lucille. <laughs> Dog, have you seen Big Hero 6? No, I haven't seen that. Dude, that's a good that's a good cartoon movie. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, but they had a scene like that 
where they were doing like robot wars. And what happened is a little kid, he was a little kid going up against this grown man whose robot is just annihilating everybody. Mm -hmm. And so what he did was he put his robot in. He act like he didn't know how to play the game. He let the dude beat him the first round, the the big the big the big man, the 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 old guy. Right. And then uh he came back round. So after that round, he was like, Hey, can I get another turn? And the the waitress lady was like, Nah, you know, it's only you only get one shot at it. The guy was like, Yeah, no, no refunds, you can't go again. He was like, Well, even if I have money, and he pulled like a bankroll out. Now the first time he played, he had like some scraggly, balled up dollars. The second time, when he tried to do his rematch, he had a bankroll, and he just <laughs> killed the old guy, right? So he got hustled, and uh, that's exactly how that game works, man. Being unpredictable, concealing your in- is it's exactly that concealing your intention. You're going in there with the intention to totally kill him. But you don't do it on the first try right. because then you're not going to be able to play them again. That's how. So you go in yeah. there playing naive. That's that's like typical like street kinds, you know, like like three card Monty or whatever. You know, these, oh, guys, man. these guys. I was going to bring that up, too. These guys yeah. are, will work in, in a group. You know, they'll have kind of like the little dummy guy that walks up and wins some money. It makes it seem like. Dude, no, a, people people don't even know that. So. If you ever see Three Car Monty, yeah. listeners, if you ever see Three Car Monty, stay the hell away. Or any okay? variant of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because everybody there, they're all together. The guy in the business suit, the pregnant lady, uh, the married couple, the old scraggly bum that's running the game, they are all in that game together, and they, and they are hustling you. And I've seen, okay? it, I've seen it happen on a train. And, like, the three people, they all just hop off the train at the same time after they worked whoever they were trying to get, you know. Dude, I seen it in Vegas. They were in Vegas. They had, like, a little stand. And they literally had the textbook three-card Monty. They had everybody there. There was a pregnant lady. There was a businessman. There was a couple. Uh, and, and it was all being run by, like, a dirty old bum-looking guy. <laughs> and they had people looking like they were winning. And people will come in and throw a hundred dollars down, gone. I have just to, gone. I have to see how that works because I still don't get how like they can hide like the the card or the ball or whatever they do. It's it's card tri- it's card trickery. So what they do is they make you so they have the three cards in their hand and they have a way to make you think they're dropping one card but they're really dropping another yeah, card. Yeah. So right out the gate, your your eye is on the wrong card. <laughs> so. You get lost. You get lost. Yeah, I gotta watch a YouTube video or something on it. Yeah, you gotta see. It's 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 amazing. Actually, uh, my son was learning how to do it. I don't even know how he found out about three card money, but he was learning how to do it, and he learned how to do the fake throw. It was pretty good. He got me a couple of times. Hmm. So it, it it's definitely it's definitely a game. So um, he also talked about he being Robert Green talked about. Another thing you should do is throw red herrings out there and lead people to believe um, that, hey, this is really my plan. This is what I'm going after and really have a totally different plan. So talk about plans, just not your plans. You know what I mean? Right. If if you talk about if you do talk about plans, you just don't want to talk about your true plans, your true goals and your true ambitions, because if you do, then people will be able to block your activity, whatever it is. I've done that. You know what I mean? I've done that a little bit before. I, I know, like, as a as a kid, I would do that, like, with my cousin. You know, he might be like, um, 
because I don't know, just as a kid, like I had like a cousin that was my age, and he we would go to to a restaurant or like a fast food place. He'd be like, "What yep. what are you gonna get?" And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to get a double cheeseburger. And then he'll get a double cheeseburger. And it used to just make me mad that he would always get the same thing I would get. <laughs> and so then I learned, I was like, um, okay, I'm just going to get uh, my hamburger. And he'd be like, all right, I'm getting the hamburger too. And so he'll order the hamburger. Then I'll switch it up. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, you, you'll go get you the fish sandwich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. I, I, would, I would kind of fake it, you know, and just toss it out there. Like, yeah, I'm about to get this. And then... You know, completely switch it up on her. So, I was trying to think: what are reasons to conceal your tension, your intentions? <laughs> why, why would you even want to do that, right? Okay. So, um, in concealing your intentions, I mean, maybe you don't want nobody to step in front of you, right? So, say if I'm going to go get a job, your parents always tell you. Your parent is not a true parent if they didn't tell you this. Never take a friend with you to a job interview or to go get a job. Because if you go and do that, what are you going to look like when they get the job and you don't? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Maybe you would have been the best person for the job had you went by yourself. But since you want to tag along, buddy, you know, what right. ends up happening is they might show you up. So you want to conceal your intentions because you want to keep whatever that thing you're trying to do personal to you. And you want to keep it to yourself so you can actually achieve the goal that you're trying to reach. That's the same thing. Another, that's, that was oh, going to say. That's the same thing. Like, um, again, kind of like a childhood, teenage thing. Like when you would go like to the mall, you want to go holler at a girl. Well, you don't want to go holler at her and have like your your light skinned green eyed friend standing behind you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man, that was really descriptive. It sounds like it was some experience that happened there. You don't want him sitting behind you. Right, right. Because they might be (laughs) digging on him and not you, you know? Right, exactly. I feel that. And so another reason not to um, tell people what your intentions are is because, you know what? People don't always understand your vision. You know what I'm saying? You might have a vision for something and they might have a different idea and so if you tell them exactly what you're going for, they might not be with it right off the bat. And Robert Greene told a couple stories about that. And I won't go into those stories for the sake of time because I got some other stuff that I want to get into. But uh, one thing that uh, that hits hit hit my brain right when I was listening to him talk. Dog, what are you doing right now? <laughs> What's all that noise, bro? Who, me? So check yeah, you like smacking something. Oh, I guess it's just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on, anyway. It wasn't on the show though. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, people people don't always see your vision, like I was said. And um, what happens is, if they don't see your vision, sometimes you have to bait them into the idea that you want to uh that you want to carry out right i was thinking about like uh the karate kid remember daniel's son man mr miyagi had him cleaning up the house had him doing all kinds of stuff and maybe he was doing that because he thought daniel's son would get tired and not be as anxious to learn maybe he wanted to see if daniel's son would stick it out when times got hard so he was concealing his intentions and he was making Daniel's son do all the things that he would learn to do karate, but he was just doing it in another form. So by the time Daniel's son reached his breaking point, he told him, well, 
wax off. And, you know, and basically he was throwing punches at him and he was showing him that was a blocking move. That was a, that was a that was a move technique, a block technique. And he had no idea. So uh, that was a way to that was a way of concealing your intentions. For the record. And he also like never taught him any offensive things. Like so, yeah, Danielson could block like a boss, but he couldn't kick him. <laughs> he couldn't punch. He didn't know how to punch or nothing yet. Duh, he did know how to kick, bro. That crane kick was epic. He didn't learn it at that point though. At first it was just all defensive stuff. Oh, okay. Crane at first, right, later. right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Defense wins games. It wins fights. But then, Defense but then, overall. But, but then he turned around and then started training him the conventional way. I don't, I don't know like why why play around, but I guess it was a power thing. It did it did bring Mr. Miyagi power because he didn't Daniel Sun didn't believe in uh Mr. Miyagi or his ways and um basically Mr. Miyagi signed him with right. with with this method. And he made exactly. a believer. So yeah, that, that and was... and maybe and he wanted to make sure that the kid was serious. He's like, look, man, I need you to follow everything that I'm telling you to do. I need you to be a good student. I need you to clean my house. But he did. I need he you also, to clean up. He also showed him that he was the master, which, for the sake of what we do here, is showing that he had power. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. And so being unpredictable, um, there isn't any power in being predictable. Like, think about when your parents, you know, told you what you can and can't do. And once you realized and you pre- you were able to predict what the outcome was going to be, how much power did your parents really have at that point? You know what I mean? Right. So if you know that, all right, my all my mom's going to do is come home. She's going to yell at me. She's going to put me on a punishment for a week. She's not going to give me a whooping. Uh, after that, you know, that punishment is not really going to be a week. It's only going to be two days. And then she's going to give in. You opt out of listening to your parents at that point. Once you realize their predictability in the routine. Right. So there's no power in being predictable. So you want to try to stay away from that. And at work, it's the same thing. There are rules at work. And once you find out that when people break those, those, those so-called cardinal rules, you're more apt to break those rules as well. So if you see that you're supposed to be at work at whatever o'clock and you get a five-minute grace period and people are coming in 10 minutes late, once you see nothing is going to happen to them, you might be more apt to be like, mm, I should be doing, I should be getting in the car right now, but you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get that cup of coffee because even if I'm 10 minutes late, it doesn't make a difference. You Nobody know what I mean? Nobody else is getting in trouble, right? Nobody else is getting in trouble. So there's no power in being predictable. You want to try to be as unpredictable as possible. And actually, uh, speaking of <clears throat> going back to like just the uh, martial arts movies um, examples, um, when I when I read this chapter or listened to this chapter, the first thing I thought about was like the drunken master. Yep. So you know that's like the kung fu movie where basically there's this guy and he's kind of disheveled and he's getting in all these um, mischievous situations and he's drunk and so people will try to fight him and he's kind of stumbling and waving around and he's being very unpredictable but he was in full control of his body still it was like just a style and that you know he was able to still fight but you know he basically 
concealed his his intentions or concealed his his true power. Man, you know what? Robert Greene actually touched on that in a sense when he talked about the idea that people they believe what they see. Right. So once they get in tune with seeing something, their mind tells them what is going to happen next based off of the first thing that they see. So when they see a drunken man, they tell themselves, this guy can't beat me. Right. He can't beat me. He's drunk. They're that, not, that they're not even going to take you serious at that point. They're, they're not going to take that guy serious at that point. But then right. he, he turns out to be this this super you know kung fu master. <laughs> You know, he's, exactly. he's caught you off guard because you were kind of taking them, you know, you were kind of joking around with them and thinking, you know, you can just walk over them. But I think, yeah, that's like that's one of the first things I thought about when I when I was listening to this. Man, one of the most interesting things that he said that really hit home with me was he was saying that honesty is um, is a blunt is a blunt instrument mm-hmm. that bloodies more than it cuts. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that when you're being brutally honest, it's kind of rude, it's kind of mean, and you think that you're being noble and you and you do this, you try to be you try to play off of, "Hey, I'm being honest. I'm just being honest because you're telling people the truth and you're being a noble person." Uh but really people, I mean, really people look at you as like, "Wow, why is he being so rude and why is he being so mean?" You know what I mean? So actually being politically correct is much less offensive. Right. And people don't want to hear the the ugly truth. They want to hear what they want to hear. So if you're telling people what they want to hear and you're being more politically correct, then you're gaining power because you're gaining them as an ally in a sense. And they think they know you, but they really don't. That's a sense of unpredictability because they think they know what you're thinking, but technically they don't know what you're thinking. Right. Man, this chapter, <laughs> it was it was a, it was one of the longer chapters so far, but it was it just seems like it's so full of, um, just just, just tactics and strategies that seem kind of devious in a way. Uh huh. You know, like the whole thing about not being honest. Right. I mean, you've been taught your whole life to always be honest and tell the truth, but he came right out and said that you know it's probably not the best thing to always be honest or at least definitely not brutally honest you know what the thing is though i don't think he told you the lie either though so it is pretty devious to not just be brutally honest because the op the opposite of honesty would be to be a deviant right. in theory right yeah but mm-hmm. he, he didn't flat out say all right go to and lie to everybody he just said that Tell people what they want to hear well, because they don't want to hear the ugly well, truth. And not, and not only that, but like just the whole concealing your intentions, you know, just just the way of basically manipulating a situation. It just it just seemed like like the like the tactics he was he was suggesting or the tactics he talked about. Like he talked about a con man. Right. right, he did. He did use the example of a con man in one of his stories. Which, and not saying that you have to be a con man, but I do think it's important. Like, take sports for instance. I mean, we're talking about power is a game, mm-hmm. right? It's a struggling. It's a struggle game. Take sports, and if you gave away all of your plays, then what kind of game would you have? If you was brutally honest and said, "Hey guys, I'm gonna run now." 
then they're going to set up their play to try to defend that. So you have to conceal your intentions because it's a game that has to be played and you want to be on the victorious side. You want to be the victor. And in order to be the victor, you need to outsmart your opponent. In the so, game of chess, if you told them all what you, all the moves that you were going to do, then you wouldn't win the game of chess. So what I wonder is, with the with the example of the um, the man that was pursuing the woman, what should he have done? Like where, like should he have ever told her that he that he liked her, or? Should he should he have kept playing that game and waited for her to come from come to him? Is you know what? Um, I I think what happened is is that uh, in that story, so you didn't tell the entire story, and listeners, you should go listen to it. It was a pretty interesting story. But there's basically a seductress who was really good at seducing people, and it was fun for her to teach this guy who didn't have any game to be a gaming master and she wanted to see if she can do it so for her it was just a game so what i'm thinking about or what i thought about was the outcome of that was never going to be good because eventually i mean he liked her the whole time he was just following the rules of the seductress right right so there was going to be some point where he was going to want to sit down and make something with this with this woman but that would have went against the whole game of seducing her and when she find out how lame he is, she wouldn't want to be with him anymore. So there was no winning Damn. in that. He was lame because he told her he loved her. Uh, no, no, no. He was a, he was a lame guy already. <laughs> He's a lame already, she, right? He was older right. She and, was yeah. trying to turn him into this seducing master, right? And it was working, and and it worked. And then when he broke the rule, he went on his own on his own uh, mind, went his broke. own merit. <laughs> Yep, he went rogue, exactly. <laughs> when he did that, he failed miserably. And I think that's what the story was about. That story is that he went straight out with his intentions. Like, look, I love you. And she's like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, chill. That Relax. Ain't, that's right. <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for right now. And it totally killed it. It totally killed it for her. And there was also a part two to this. So he was talking about using a smoke screen. So initially, when they talk about conceal your intentions, he was just talking about the act of just concealing the intention. Uh, the part two to this, this why this law was so long, was using a smoke screen to, dis- to disguise your, your total action. So basically, um, you wanted to appear to be predictable and then lead them into thinking they know what you're doing. And then you're ultimately leading them into a trap. So it's like, hey, look at my hand over here. Look at my right hand. But meanwhile, the left hand had a knife to stab him in the back, basically. Right. Because you were putting up the smoke screen of, look at the activity over here. So we talked a little bit about that. And um, and you know what it made me think of? Uh, he was saying that deceivers, they don't put themselves out in the open. If you think that a person that's going to deceive you is going to be out in the open with a flashing sign saying, look at me, I'm going to deceive you, you're wrong. Right. It's usually they they usually wear sheep's clothing and they don't openly give signs on who they are. They just they just want you to think you know who they are. So this made me think of those people at the gas stations begging. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When at the gas station saying, Hey man, this just happened to me yesterday. I was I was at the mall with my son. A guy is standing there. We're in the parking lot. Well, he's away from the parking lot. He's like, hey, man, can you, can you spare a little? He tried to talk in like a whiny voice. Hey, man, can you, can you spare a little bit of change, man? I just, I'm, I'm out here and I just, I just ran out of gas, man, and I, I don't have anything. If you can spare anything. 
And I'm so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Why are you at the mall with no gas in your car? That don't even make sense. <laughs> like, come on, man. So I just went ahead. I reached in my pocket. I asked my son what you got. He had like 50 cents in change. I had like 75 cents in change. I'm like, look, man, this is what I got. And I gave it to him. And, and I had a conversation with my son about that wolf in sheep's clothing. Because you shouldn't be at a mall trying to be fresh to death. If you ain't got the gas money to get home, right. especially if you got to beg for the money to get home. So uh, people God, be man. unpredictable, be unpredictable because yeah. um, there's no power in being predictable. Um, hey, so actually, that's a good point. So what if he came in an unpredictable way and to, to try to get that money? That would have probably been, I mean, even though it kind of worked in his way either way. But people will probably be more receptive if he was again. If the guy was like, "Look, man, I'm here shining shoes. Can I shine your shoes for you for two dollars?" It's not him just begging for the money. It's him concealing his intention to get gas money, right. but he's actually working for the money. So, or if he, that would have been different. That would have that would have like, entertained me a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, I was gonna say, or if he would have come a, a little more clever, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Or something that make that that would appeal to me better than him just standing asking for gas money, and I know for a fact that he doesn't need gas money. That's or, not his. Or what aim. about what about other people or those people who are like, say, you know, they need a couple of dollars for some weed. You know, <laughs> so they're not concealing no, their intentions at all. They're not concealing, and you know what? I'm not giving it to them. But it's 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 different though. He he, they came to you in in a a way that you didn't expect them to. <laughs> That's true. But look, man, when you tell me you're gonna you want to spend my five dollars on some weed, it's like, yo, I can go buy me some type of value meal, or I can go buy me some. I can go buy my I can go my buy myself some beer or something. Right. Instead of buying you weed, why do I care about your <laughs> weed habit? Look, you shouldn't be on weed if you don't have enough money to to support your interest right you know what i'm saying if you got to beg for the money you need to kick that that goes for cigarettes that goes for any vice you have definitely. if you ain't got the money you shouldn't be begging for it <laughs> definitely yeah man oh and and one last thing as as always there's a reversal because every you know this doesn't work all the time the idea of you trying to uh have a smoke screen or be deceptive and you to messed up your rep you have a bad reputation for being deceptive there's no way that you're going to be able to uh, to pull that deception off. And it just reminded me of when we were in school and you had those classmates that said that, hey, hey, Jaron, did you study? Because, man, I didn't study. I didn't study at all. Grades come back. They got a 99 on the test. You know what I'm oh, saying? Man. <laughs> so, man, <laughs> so you don't fool with them no more. Well, either that, either you choose up and you start fooling with them because they can help you get better tests. But when they come to you talking that mess about, hey, man, I didn't study. Did you study? Trying to see what you did, see what your intentions were. You're like, man, get away from me. Don't worry about what I'm doing. Right. So, all right, man. Uh, you got anything else about that? Nah, that's it for me, man. I got everything I uh, all right, so have have a blank expression on your face. Don't let people know what you're thinking. Don't wear your expressions on your face because you're giving away all of your intentions. Unless unless you're concealing your intention by giving a false intention. 
you make people think you don't like or like something or don't care about something right then that'd actually be concealing your intention so right. use that wisely people use it for your advantage gain power all right we out for the outro jaren let's do it all right so this has been another episode of the corp- another one another one another <laughs> of the corporate one. streets power cast and next week we have a law number four coming up and i like this one I've been using this one a lot uh, myself. I've been using it before I even read this book, and it's always say less than necessary. Okay. And so uh, I'm with it. I'm can't really, wait to get into yeah, it. I'm excited about this one, and I'm ready to. Uh, I got some stories to share, and so I'm excited about it. And so, okay. Um, always, uh, as always, make sure um, you listen to um, the Corporate Streets podcast. Oh yeah. Um, that is our main. Uh, baby there that's our me and tj's love child and there you um, go you can see this one is clean but that one gets dirty yeah and so uh (laughs) feel free i don't know if people still use email but i mean if you still use email and aol dial up you can email us at the corporate streets at gmail.com or Mm -hmm. the uh, corporate streets at gmail.com Depends on your English. Yep. If you speak Queen's English. (laughs) All right. And you have been listening to the Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the Powercast for people who want to become the Shogun of Harlem and show everybody that they are the true master. Peace. Peace. Didn't think I was going to hit them with a real outro, huh? I had no idea what you were going to do, (laughs) homie. It's your outro, though. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's your outro. You can cry if you want to. Cry if you want to. <laughs>